This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to OrbitalJigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's OrbitalJigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open. Thank you. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, our patron mailbag, episode number 19. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And yes, thank you for joining us on this show where we give our patrons some the opportunity to ask us questions and then we answer them. If you're not a patron and you want to ask us questions, that's how you ask us questions. Is you join us on patreon.com forward slash BWO and sign up for one of our lovely reward tiers. And then you too can ask us questions on the show and have them answered as we are about to do for you all right here. And we have a great time doing it because you guys ask us really fun questions, and it's really fun to answer and get sometimes get stumped because I gotta I gotta dig down into the well, the 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 cacophonous gaping hole that is my brain and try to figure out what the hell I'm gonna say to some of these questions because some of them are tough. Yeah. Some of them are tough, Nick. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, but guys, don't forget to join us over on the social medias. You can find links to all of that stuff over at BWOPodcast.com. You make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open, where we stream live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, and then do this show immediately after the 3 p.m. show on Saturday, usually about 5 p.m.-ish. Uh, but yeah, we got lots of questions to go through today. We want to make sure to thank you to all of our patrons, of course. But let's not waste any time because we got a lot to get through today, Sir Ian. Yes. Dangerous. Uh, we're going to kick things off with Brandon asking, "What are your Jeff Cobb dream matches?" Ooh, um, it's funny because I feel like I've seen Jeff Cobb with a lot of people, thanks to both Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Like I've seen him with a lot of the people I really would like to see him with. It's just kind of WWE in general that I haven't like he hasn't really had a yeah. whole lot of interaction with. Um, you know, guys like I would love to see him have a, a match with like Seth or Kevin Owens. Um, Kevin Owens have, was mine for the record. Really? Yeah. There you go. I mean, I think that would be a, a really fun match or, or get him in there um, and do some sort of Haas match. I don't think he's ever had a match with Walter. Um, I'd have to double check that because they were both working PWG around the same time. So they may have crossed paths. But like any kind of Haas match, you get him against a little guy. Um, and it would be a lot of fun. 
So I, you know, I, I'm I, instantly drawn to the other meatballs. I'm drawn to Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Otis Dozovich. I was going to say like, Otis, yeah. All, like all of the guys that have a similar body shape, but probably can't do a lot of the stuff that Jeff Cobb can do. Right. Because if you look at that dude, look at it. You're, you're distracted by his torso, but pay attention to his legs. That dude is jacked. Yeah. Like he's he he will sit there and do a standing moonsault just for, with no effort. It's and beautiful I've, to I've, watch. I've seen him work against big guys. I actually saw him do a match against uh, now Bronson Reed, but formerly Jonah Rock, and he was tossing that dude around like it was. I mean, he told me after the match that it wasn't nothing. Like he was like, "That's a big boy to be throwing around." A lot of beef, but at the same, a lot of beef. But he still tossed him like it seemed like it was nothing. So yeah, yeah anybody big would be really fun to see Jeff Cobb go against. It's you know, it's funny because of the way that they book him and the fact that Jeff isn't really that tall. He's only about five ten. Uh, he's just, you know, a, a block, a husky. human block. He's a husky. As grandma would say, he's husky. Yeah, but you put him in there with someone like, you know, like a Braun Strowman who towers over him and, you know, have have Jeff be kind of the underdog or not be the big guy in the ring and see what he does. That might be interesting as well. So most of my dream matches for Jeff would be in WWE. There's a couple in AEW that I could I could really have fun with. Him and Pac would be a lot of fun. Oh, wow. Uh, I'd, yeah, I'd love to see that. Uh, but he's coming in as a heel, so I don't know how long it would be before we'll see that. Yeah. But uh, I think I think they'll have a lot of opportunities uh, in AEW to put on some some good stuff. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Brandon, for that one. Uh, next yes, up, indeed. Jacob. Uh, what match or pay-per-view do you think is underrated and doesn't get as much credit as it should? For me, it's the Three Stages of Hell match between Ryback and Cena. Hmm. That's it's a pretty that- good one. That is, a, that is a shockingly good one considering the participants. It's actually funny. The very first three stages of hell match uh, between Stone Cold and Triple H is one of my favorite matches of all time. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it, that's, a, that's a great one that really doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, just completely set the stage for that style of match. Um, and, and I thought perfectly worked, too. I also want to throw in... Um, oh, shoot. I'm trying to remember when it happened... Uh, dang. It was, I think, Money in the Bank 2012, CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Was a really good one. Um, there was one with the Dudleys versus uh, Eddie Guerrero and Benoit that is popping into the top of my head. It was a tables match. Um, come on, Google. Work with me here. <laughs> Vengeance 2002. Nice. That's a that's an obscure one that you won't hear many people talk about, but... Uh, I'm looking at the card for that one. He had Christian and Lance Storm versus Edge and Hollywood Hogan uh, for mm. the tag titles. He had Rob Van Dam versus Brock Lesnar in that one. Uh, so that was Cena's Dude, rookie year RVD, as well versus RVD's, Chris Jericho. Can I talk about RVD for a second? Because yeah. his feud with Jerry Lynn in ECW back in the day, in the mid-'90s, is one of my favorite feuds of all time. Those guys just tore the house down every single night. People yeah. forget how amazing Jerry Lynn was. You talk about – we're talking underrated – Let's talk about Jerry Lynn. Like, there's a dude who just history has kind of forgotten him, and it's a goddamn pity because that guy was, and for me, like a, a, a top, top, top tier. Um, and he and RVD absolutely destroyed shit back in the '90s. So anything they ever did, just go go find that. Yeah. Um, dang, what else? Um, I've always got a call back to. Uh, Shane I can't McMahon, not say Kerangle. one night stand. Um, you know, there's I a think lot that's of people. That, well, well, I mean, there's a lot of people that have seen the videos of the entrances and the things like that, the highlights of it. But I, you know, I think most people slept on it. 
Uh, most, yeah, maybe. Most mainstream fans. But, I mean, well, go I'm back and the watch same thing. the one-night stand. King of the Ring, I what was it, 2001, Shane McMahon versus Kurt Angle Street Fight? Yeah. Uh, where where Kurt had a, a broken tailbone and, like, and his neck was messed up, and then he kept trying to throw Shane through the glass, and the glass wouldn't break because they didn't put safety glass. It was real glass. Yeah. And so by the end, Shane was just a completely bloody mess. Kurt was, you know, walking on, you know, basically his whole body was broken. And yet he still got back in the ring and gave him an angle slam off of a table. Apparently, uh, Vince was so pissed at Shane McMahon after this match, he didn't talk to him for days. Like, this was absolutely, uh, it gets talked about sometimes, like, apocryphally as, like, this this crazy, like, the shit they used to do back in the day match. But it's also a really freaking good match. Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's an absolute war. I had to look. So that's up, what I want to throw in there. I had to look it up to see which one it was, but I remember the mat, the card, uh, most of the card. Uh, Unforgiven, two thousand six. Cena and Edge oh, in, a, in a TLC yeah. match. This was the 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 farewell, or I guess the the last match that Trish had with Lita. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hardy versus Nitro, uh, McMahon's and Big Show versus DX Hell in a Cell. I mean, just and it was in Canada too, so you had a hot crowd. I just that was the the one that I remembered was the Cena Edge TLC match and also Trish and Lita. But I mean, if, the Unforgiven 2006. If you're looking for a hot one to go back and watch, that was a big one. Um, I've got another one. I, I was trying to think of a New Japan one that people don't know about. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki. Um, I was let's see, what was it Kazuna Road 2013? Because it was the same show that had uh, Nakamura versus La Sombra on it. The Tomohiro Ishii Suzuki match from that night is awesome. It's what you'd expect from the two of them. Like just like we've seen yeah. them fight over the years. That's a great like kind of lost one of their series where they beat the crap out of each other. Um, Suzuki Goto from uh, Wrestle Kingdom a couple of years ago is another one that like I I thought no one really paid attention to the hair the hair match. Yeah, that was awesome. I loved that where match. He just, where he just shaved a- his own head basically. Well, he choked him out. He did a he he hung Goto from he he like picked him up. He was standing on the turnbuckle. He picked up Goto, choked him out, so Goto was just dead. And he just Suzuki screwed up. Started toying with Goto. Goto had enough time to come back, beat Suzuki, and then yeah, gets Suzuki just gets a chair, sits down in the ring, and shaves his own damn head, throws it down, and walks. That oh, was amazing. Awesome. Oh, it was great. <laughs> Well, I could we could we could do this all night. <laughs> yeah, uh, there are some fantastic and and guys, these are all on the network. Don't sleep on this. Like if you've got well, the ten dollar a month network, not the New Japan ones, but I mean all the WWE. They're on ones, the New Japan network. I knew um, what you meant. Sure. Yeah, you can find them on New Japan World as well. So yeah, yeah lots of good right, ones there. Right. Good question, Jacob. Uh, that's a good one. That's very worthy. Uh, throw oh, throw wait. that one up as a question in the chat if you don't mind, or in the um, Facebook group. And, Line drive through a couple up in the chat here. Said any Texas bull rope match, including involving JBL, uh, the match JBL Eddie Guerrero in two thousand four, yeah. where Eddie bladed and hit an artery, is an underrated match. Also, speaking of bloody matches, Undertaker and um, Brock Lesnar Hell in a Cell, oh, where yeah. it's just it's a bloodbath. Like like Brock is bleeding into Undertaker's mouth. It's, oh, oh, it's so crazy. Uh, Line drive also says Armageddon two thousand five. Not a good wrestling show, but if you want to see a bunch of matches where people get absolutely destroyed, particularly the Cena versus Jesus match, that one is it. <sighs> yes, good stuff. Arthur Capone in the chat too. Look, he loves the one. He he's thrown in loves the one night stands. Yeah, look at that. 
Well, thank you very much, Jacob. There you throw, go. throw a discussion up in the uh, in the chat if you don't mind, uh, or sorry, in the uh, Facebook group. I think that's one that could keep going on. We'll give a chance for everybody else to weigh in on that one. Uh, next up, Patrick Kennedy asked, uh, "Do you guys think they'll take the Universal title off of Bray Wyatt in Saudi Arabia and put it on Goldberg in order to get Roman versus Goldberg at WrestleMania?" What? Jesus. I've heard this. Dear God, no. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. We're right back to where we were three years ago. We, we hate it. I've, I've actually heard this speculated. I've heard this speculated. And yeah, there's no way they should do this. No. They, they Roman this. fiend, I can kind of, okay. Like, uh, okay. I, I can make my way there. Goldberg defeating the fiend on the other side of the planet, and then that leads to Roman and Goldberg. It, no! Yeah. no, I, I do. Do I? The, the question was, do we think that they will? Um, the scary part is I wouldn't put it past Vince. Uh, no, I don't. The, with the way that they're building up this match, with the way they're building it up, I don't feel like they will. Yeah. Um, I feel like this will be a quick fiend squash. I feel like Goldberg's going down here. And then this is going to be kind of It's another legend to kill for him him to hang on his wall. Well, it's also going to... Yeah, exactly. And they're doing the the, uh, Randy Orton thing, legend killer thing. And I think they also... Goldberg needs to pay some dues after his last outing with Undertaker. And they can build him back up later, but... He was concussed! (laughs) You're putting that on him? He was was on another planet in his head, you know? It's still... He was... (laughs) Yeah, I'm putting it on him. He had better the door before the show. All right. Idiot. Uh, that was that was a dumb move. Uh, I shouldn't call Goldberg an idiot. He could tear my arms off. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think they will. I don't think they should. I really hope they don't. If they do, oh my God, Twitter will burn. Oh yeah. Twitter oh God. Burn. There there will be the roof will come off that place. If there Goldberg, will be blood. If Goldberg takes that title off of the fiend. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Oh my God! You guys thought you I'm were scared. mad at Roman and Brock a couple I'm years so ago. Scared! Holy smokes! Thank you very much, Patrick. Uh, I certainly hope not. Uh, next up, Josh asks, "Do you ever think WrestleMania will take after Wrestle Kingdom and go to a two-day show?" Thanks for being awesome, guys, and good luck on Tuesday next Speedy Recovery. Thank you, sir. We'll see. Thank you. Um, I, you know what? The fact that they did Wrestle Kingdom and it was successful. In, over two days, and they were able to get two shows out of it. Uh, I th- I can't imagine that WWE isn't looking at that and going, now they might be kind of doing that anyway because they've got Takeover on Saturday night and WrestleMania on Sunday. So it's not really a two day WrestleMania, but they are they're doing a lot of shows back to back in yeah. one city on that weekend. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of wrestling already yeah. happening uh, that weekend. Finding enough people to fill the card. Uh, along well, and with all those that was side the thing about things. Wrestle Kingdom. They built up Wrestle Kingdom in a way where night one affected night two. Yeah. And as it was, it was a tightrope walk, and they barely pulled it off. So I'm curious if they're going to do Wrestle Kingdom as a two night event next year, or stick to one, go back to one night. But I'd have to imagine that WWE is looking at that and going, "Damn, could we do that?" You know, maybe maybe we don't try to do a hundred thousand people both nights, but like they got to be running the numbers and be like, could we do sixty thousand and do one hundred and twenty thousand over two nights, which is more than we do in one night? 
They've got to be thinking about that. I the 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 hidden gem of Wrestle Kingdom was Gato and two years of Gato booking that ultimately culminated in what we got at eight, Wrestle seven Kingdom. eight years seven eight years of sure. Gato booking with Naito. Sure, that's, that's like a seven year story, man. That's so crazy. I I don't want to assume that someone that tears up shows ninety minutes before they go live on TV has the capacity or capability to book something <laughs> far enough out that where it would pay off to spread it out over two days uh, right, and involve right. so many people and so many yeah. storylines. I'm, I'm not saying they would pull it off at the way that the Wrestle Kingdom did. The, I think the question is, would they do it? And yeah, they, they might. If they feel like they can put on two days of wrestling shows, and let's face it, w, you know, WrestleMania is already like, what, eight hours? Yeah. You add a couple more matches. They always leave some matches on the cutting room floor. You throw a couple more matches there and and do two days. Could they do it? Yeah, absolutely. Will they? Don't know. That's a that's that is a really good question. Will they? Just depends on if they think they can pull it off. It and makes more might sense now that they've taken uh, takeovers off of the schedule and ba- and back to back nights. But I mm-hmm. still think they're going to have a takeover the night before WrestleMania. So that. That would be the only th- where if you had some kind of meshing of the two, right? And if NXT you had, becomes you had crossover events between all three brands happening across, or you two have days. NXT matches on it on WrestleMania, like it's not a, their own separate show. Still, right. if it's truly a third third brand, you're having SmackDown and Raw shows on WrestleMania. Have NXT be on WrestleMania instead of having their own separate show. Boom! There's your WrestleMania for two days. There you go. So that's what I would do, uh, yeah. and have some main roster main roster have some main roster shows on the saturday where you would normally have takeover forget takeover on wrestlemania weekend and just call the whole thing wrestlemania hell you do three days if you want to if you want to stretch it out if you want to capitalize the entire weekend uh and try to if you want to be vince and try to overshadow all the little indie events that are trying to capitalize on you being in that town for the weekend and you want to give them the finger yeah i could see i could see that and you've got the billions and the capacity and the roster to pull it off. So, I yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very possible. I don't think they'll do it this year or next year, but down the road, yeah. A couple years from now, could, I could see it. It could, it could be as soon as next year. Yeah. If they see Wrestle Kingdom being successful. But, so. I mean, we're, we're six months into this experiment of NXT Live on USA. Let's, let's, let's give them a, the rest of the year and see if they can continue to grow and prosper the way that they have. So... Uh, but then, yeah, it becomes a real reality that there is a legit third brand, and it's not just the minor leagues anymore. Thank you very much, Josh. Uh, next up, Sean might have been asked before, but what's your favorite stipulation, and which match of that is tops for you? Thanks for being awesome, fellas, and good luck with the surgery. Oh. Thank you. Um, I, we have been asked this before, but I'll go over it again. Uh, ladder matches. Yeah. I love ladder matches. Money oh. in the Bank. TLC, yeah. bring it on. TLC for me, and it's it's got to be Edge Christian, Hardys, and the Dudleys. Yeah, the the first couple, you know. Yeah, um, I think one of the most epic ladder matches. I mean, uh, CM Punk winning Money in the Bank um, was a great. Dolph Ziggler winning Money in the Bank. I've seen a lot of great ladder matches. Um, the one that I like, looking back on it, obviously Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon was the classic. That's the one oh, yeah. that like blew my mind back in the day. Like this is amazing. Uh, and there was a bunch of ones since. Obviously, you know, Edge and Christian and the Hardys, and then then later the Dudley Boys. Um, what became TLC also created my my hunger for ladder matches. But there was a ladder match, and I was reminded of this. Oh God, a couple of weeks ago, um, 
that happened that I forgot how much I loved. And I actually went back and rewatched it. What's and that? It still freaking holds up. Which one? Back I missed in, that. In, back in 2000. I didn't say yet. Oh. Back in 2001. I was building up to it, Nick. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, back in 2001, um, I think it was at the Royal Rumble, Jericho versus Benoit in a ladder match. That's the one that ended with the walls of Jericho on the top of the ladder. God. It was outstanding. Outstanding freaking ladder match. Um, I'm going to call Ed that out as being one Hardy off the top of the ladder, you know? Well, that's, yeah, that's the classic. Classic but, one. Um, I'm trying to remember, like, some other, uh, around the same time, um, Eddie Guerrero and RVD had a good one, I think, about a year later. There's a bunch of good ladder matches around that time, because it was still kind of the Wild West yeah. for ladder matches. Um, Benoit, there was a, Benoit uh, and Guerrero did, had, had something, I'm trying, we were just talking about them in, with, with Jacob's question. Yeah. Um, there was a bunch of good ones in TNA too. TNA had a bunch of great ones. Yeah, um, I called out Unforgiven 2006 earlier. Cena Edge TLC match. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. You mentioned you mentioned you mentioned. Um, oh, see, shoot, I'm trying to think when it was the Sabu versus RVD. They did it on uh, WWE CW, and it was a great one. I forget I forget when it was though. I don't remember that. I one. think it was I think it was just on a weekly show. But yeah, so many good ladder matches. Yep. So many good ladder matches, especially recently, man. Just like any th- any <laughs> any ladder match with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, anyone, right? Just pick pick one. Even uh, El Generico, where he, in PWG, where he had to pull it out of the out of the ceiling, and the whole fan that came down with him, you know. <laughs> ladder matches. There's something about ladder matches uh, that's freaking amazing. Uh, thank you very much, Sean. Uh, next up, Will. If MVP does stick around, who would you put him with as a manager or a mouthpiece? Uh, interesting, because I don't think he's going to be sticking around as a wrestler. I think he's the one who's going to be the manager and the mouthpiece. I think he's the one that's going to be uh, there on a no. I think that's what he means. Level. Oh, who would you put him? Oh, with I see. At, who, in the role of a manager be? or a mouthpiece? Uh, 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 oh. Um. Dang, who needs <sighs> Mojo Raleigh, maybe? I think that'd be a good pairing. It would have to no, be somebody that you talker, could legitimize though. by doing so. Um, Mojo Raleigh. Mojo. <laughs> needs help. Um, he can talk, but he, you know he's not I, getting I, over. I remember somewhat liking the idea of giving Bobby Lashley a mouthpiece in Leo Rush, and then they gave Bobby a mic again. Ooh, MVP would MVP be a good MVP with Bobby, Bobby Lashley, I think. Could All right. be really good, but it couldn't be made a joke. You'd have to legitimately build Bobby oh, to be Brock Lesnar caliber of beast. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if the if you did it right, I could see Lashley. Don't let him speak. Uh, the MVP do all the talking. Heyman Brock Lesnar. Brock yeah. Lesnar the f out of it, and you could you could overnight turn Bobby Lashley into a, the next monster. Right now, he's kind of a joke. He's an afterthought. Hmm. But I think that would be a that would probably be a best case scenario for Bobby Lashley and MVP for that matter. But you'd have to do it right. And uh, he is on Raw MVP so far, so yeah, Lashley's right there. That's not a bad idea. I mean, and and Lord knows that would help maybe save us from the Lana angle a little bit. <laughs> just just stop that. I, just I, just not to sidetrack. Like- I I don't care about either one of them. I want to know what's going on with Ruru. Uh, yeah, just just cancel that feud entirely the way that they canceled the storyline about Jason Jordan being Kurt Angle's son. Just right. forget it ever happened. Nope. <laughs> what <laughs> it's wedding? It's a dumb idea. Yeah. 
So, no, I, that's I'm trying to think of anybody else. That really is a Lashley and MVP. That does work. That does work. Yeah, good call. Thank you very much, Sean or uh, Will. Thank Will. you, thank uh, you, Will, and and, and and thank you very much for your generosity earlier today, oh man. My God. Very, very, very cool of you. We we, thank were, you. we were still blown away uh, off I'm air still, when we I'm, were. Just, I'm, oh my God, I am shooketh. <laughs> I'm shooketh. Next up, thank the you. current BWO patron Pickham's oh! champion, Mister Chris White, who will be defending his title for the first time at WrestleMania yeah. this year, the Ooh, show of shows on the, on the big stage. Ooh. Uh, you have your challengers lining up already. Uh, he asked, if you could swap wrestlers' theme music with past wrestlers, whose would you switch? Example, I always thought Brock could walk out to Dan Severn's old music, and it would <laughs> mesh well. Um, hmm. That would, actually. Oh, man. This is hard. Uh I, I don't I don't know because I'm so I mean, ingrained with the like easy, who's the music easy is ones. Who's. Give Chad Gable Kurt Angle's music. That's just it's that's cherry picking. That's a low hanging fruit. That but. goes deeper. Chad Angle should have been the one that was Kurt Angle's son. You know, I, the, I they, think if they were going to do that, that angle, that would have worked out. No, it was uh, it was the obvious decision, but it was obvious because it's obvious. <laughs> like Jason Jordan, I get what they were trying to go with, but it yeah. You know, you picked the wrong American Alpha member. God lasts when you make plans, right? So, oh man, switching theme songs. Uh, <laughs> uh John oh, Cena's Jesus. with Rey Mysterio. I was I was just gonna say I'd love to see um, John Cena with what? Papa <laughs> Do is now played for Rey now, Mysterio. Booyaka, booyaka. Yeah. All right. No, no, no. Well, yes. Yeah, sw- no, 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 no. I'm just saying. I, I wouldn't say it's swap them, but I would put Ray Mysterio come out to John, out to John Cena's Barapadu. I, I was cracking up there. It's got a bit of a Mexican lucha t- theme to it. Yeah. Um, I could you, you could pull it off. Uh, I'm just. I would love to see MJF come out to Hulk Hogan's old "I'm a Real American" theme. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, that would be the heeliest shit ever. <laughs> oh, God. Nuclear. Oh, my God. Him or like, uh, or Damian Sandow. Who, what was it, what's his name now over in NWA? I, I always forget. Know. I don't know. Um, I don't dang. watch that near as much as I would like to. Yeah. I, I try to keep up on it and just there's only so many hours of the week. Yeah. Um, yeah I have a lot of like free that. time here in the next week. <laughs> I'll be oh. catching up. I'll be doing mar- NWA Power r- 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 Marathon. Right. Um. What else? What else? Aaron Stevens. Aaron thank, Stevens. Thank, thank you. you. Thank Damn. you. Line drive. Real name. Damn. Um. Who else could we swap? Let me see. I'm trying to think of fun ones that would still mesh with the whose music could I put on another wrestler and it still work? That's the way I'm approaching. Exactly. This. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't do the rocks music because it's it's tailored for it's him. Just well, that's the problem. There's so many of these songs are really just tailored. Uh, you know who needs a new damn theme song is Dolph Ziggler, and he's needed one for a long time. And they tried to like even do like the record scratch for a while. They're having come out to silence, but he needs a new goddamn theme song. Yeah, he really does. He's not the show off with the blonde hair kind of perm thing anymore. You know who's uh, whose theme song would you give him? You know is the question. Like uh. <laughs> Sean Michaels? No. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. 
it's um, not bad. Although I did just I did just think that uh, I would love to hear Drew McIntyre come out to Roddy Piper's music, which is just basically just it's just you know bagpipes. That's all it is. They have like the whole big theme now for Drew, but just like just basic bagpipes. I'd be down. I'm you know Scottish. I, I, I miss the I miss the marching band drums. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's still that that Drew McIntyre entrance where he had the whole like police marching band. Oh, one playing of the best him out, ever. amazing! Oh, oh, that was good. Oh, that was good. Uh, this uh, is a good one, Chris. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to sleep on this one, man. The, yeah. the Cena on Mysterio one was kind of a easy one that came to me, but I'm struggling. I'm, I'm wanting to put Cult of Personality from CM Punk onto somebody else. That's that's yeah. one that I, that's popping in my head because it's kind of, it's not directly. It doesn't say his name. Like if you smell what the Rock is cooking, like I don't know what I could do with that right. one. But, Cult of personality, I could totally see on. It's funny, you know. The, it's I'm, funny. I'm also hung up on the MJF coming out to Hogan's music. <laughs> it's, just, it's just too good. Uh, this is the funny thing: is like you see a lot where wrestlers, especially like now, we get to kind of see behind the curtains a little bit. Like in NXT, they start coming out to some music and then they change it at a certain point. It's not appropriate, yeah. Uh, or they they alter it, and then someone else gets that music. Um, I remember when Drew McIntyre came out to William Regal's music back in the day at one point. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember, that, like, for instance, uh, Bobby Roode's music, Glorious, was originally meant for Shinsuke Nakamura. And he did, was like, nah, this isn't me. Um, and so he helped them kind of create his own song. So, like, there's a lot of that where they're for the grace of God, you know, or sometimes where they, they have people come out to other people's music. Um, I'm trying to remember who, because Kurt Angle's music was originally for somebody else as well. And I'll be damned when I'm, I'm, of course, I'm spacing it right now. But his music was originally for somebody else. And actually, that person came out to that music. Um, and then it, just, it was just a couple of times. And then Kurt got it and made it iconic. Um, so the, the, the evolution of wrestling themes has always been fascinating to me. But yeah, this is this definitely like a sleep on this question kind of one. So there was some back and forth in the chat. People saying they'd put uh, Cult of Personality on Seth. And in my head, Ooh. I was going, I was actually going to take Burn It Down and put it on Buddy. I'm sorry, Murphy. Uh, and yeah, I, yeah, those which, two would actually work pretty name. well, right? Huh? Who is oh, Buddy bad. Murphy? Sorry, Will Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> I love RoboCop. It's one of my favorite childhood films ever of all time. I love it. Uh, okay, well, we could do those for hours. That's 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 one of those. Thank you very much, Champ. Uh, we'll we'll get some more of those out there. Uh, next up, Dominic. First off, congratulations on 200 episodes, guys. I raise my glass to many, many more. Thank you, Dominic. Much, much obliged. Uh, seems we're most likely seems we're mostly talking about the main guys. Who would be your favorite wrestler who was always stuck in middle card mid card limbo? I'm personally mm. a huge Lance Storm fan. If you can be serious for a minute, one of those who seems to have done everything except make it to main event. Thanks, guys. Keep rocking. Good luck, Nick, on your surgery. Thank you. Thank you, Dominic. Um, who is your favorite mid card limbo wrestler? Guy who's never, never made really it. made it. Al Snow is, is the one that pops the top Al of my Snow, head. Al Snow, Malenko. Malenko's Dean a good Mal one. Dean Malenko. Um, Kidman. Um, yeah, Billy Kidman. Billy Kidman. I mentioned, I mentioned Jerry Lynn earlier. I mean, I, 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 we've, we've done a bonus episode on, I think it was the Attitude Era or something like that, and I, I, I credit Billy Kidman for kicking off the Attitude Era. Most people look at Stone Cold's King of the Ring speech. I, I think Billy Kidman kicked it off, but he never really... Um, so I, I definitely count him. Yeah. Yeah, those are mine. 
Mostly Attitude Era guys that were overshadowed by right. DX, Stone Cold, and The Rock. If you think of, and the McMahons, if you think about it that way, those those four were the key cornerstones of the Attitude Era, and then everybody else that never really got any chance because of them. Junk. When I was a kid, Junkyard Dog. Oh yeah, I love Junk, and he just never he never quite got as high as I felt like he should. Hmm. Yeah. Those um, would be mine. Also, I just also uh, the Kurt Angle theme song was originally for the Patriot. That's what. That's I was just stumping myself on that. Mm. Um. Mid-card limbo, mid-card limbo, mid-card guys. Damn, and it's tough because these are the guys that you kind of forget about, and then you're reminded of them, and you're like, oh, yeah, they were great. I felt like Christian was heading that direction for a while, and I still feel like Christian is really underappreciated. Um, but he, he always felt like a guy who's going to get stuck in mid-card limbo. And Gangrel is definitely like a mid-card limbo guy. Um, I don't know if he ever should have been in the main event, but I always loved him. Yeah. But then again, you know, the Attitude Era was really like a time for mid-carders. You look at the mid-carders from like the mid-2000s, and like mid and late 2000s, like the aughts, there's a lot of crap mid-card there. There's a lot of like, oh yeah, I forgot about him. Well, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about Chris Masters. Oh no. The masterpiece went unnoticed. Uh, Steve Blackman, um, I'll put out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure, Steve Blackman. Shamrock got his opportunities, but I don't think Shamrock Bla- I don't think Blackman there. ever did. Yeah, I think I don't know Shamrock. him. Him throwing Shane McMahon off the, that uh, the the stanchion or whatever he it didn't, was. He didn't throw him. He hit him with a kendo stick uh, well, and knocked yeah, him off. Sure. <laughs> and then didn't he? Dro- he dropped a leg on him after that too. Something was, like that. Yeah, but it was he was never like in serious title remember, contention or any of that. I mean, you brought stuff, up right? you brought up Al Snow. Remember Head Cheese? Oh yeah. When oh, he yeah. and Snow were teaming up. Yeah. Ay ay ay. What a <laughs> I love Al miserable Snow. attempt at char- charisma. That what way. do we want? Head. <laughs> yeah, yes. man. But dude, Al Snow was over as hell yeah, in was. ECW. Yeah, it was over in WWF in the late nineties. Well, yeah, just, oh it my was god, really? Like just a whole sea of heads, you know, <laughs> little mannequin heads. That's creepy. Thinking back on it, you're gonna yeah. bring a, a mannequin head or a doll head to a to a wrestling show. <laughs> Forget posters. We're beyond that. We're bringing doll heads. Harper. Luke Harper. Just never, he never got that love in WWE, I'm did he? I'm not going to allow that one because he was tag team champion. He had a, they had a blood, the That's Bludgeon still, Brothers run. Yeah. He was a champ. They were, they were tapped there for quite a while. They never really he, got beaten. Wait, didn't Dominic say something about the main event though? Like he just never got. Oh, sure. Like. You know, but I mean, like, yeah, tag champs, but yeah, I feel like with given that guys, you know, you could, you could pull out a lot of guys now where you're like, man, they could have pushed them more Cesaro and he was a tag champ, but oh, still yeah. like they could have done so much more with him. So and this week he's last night, he's ringing a cowbell. Yep. In a comedy bit. Congratulations. I, think, I guess I think we'll look back and say the same thing about Sammy too. Yeah, that's true. Thank you very much, Dominic. That's a, uh, that's a good one. Uh, next up, James asks, greetings, BWO Universe. Hope all had a fantastic Valentine's Day, single awareness day, as some call it. His words, not mine. Tony Schiavone has been noted on his podcast as saying he's not a fan of the submission holds as a finish to a match. Interesting. He mm. thinks it takes away of the pop at the end and leaves the opponent looking weak. Do you agree with this sentiment? If, you, if not, then what are some submission hold finishers that always make you pop? What is one particular one match in particular that had a fantastic finish 
and was a submission hold, the one we picked for the match of the year last year, uh, is the one that come, pops into my head immediately. Mine was always a cripple crossface, and I thought the submission at the end of the Jericho-Tanahashi match made that match special and stand out on an evening of great matches. Well I'm said. still wondering. I'm still wondering what the hell Jericho said to who to get allowed to tap out Tanahashi. Yeah, that still blows my mind. Yeah, that that happens. Um, and you watch any Zack Saber Junior match and tell me that you know a submission finish doesn't work. Like, give me a freaking break. Uh, I'll actually even I'll even go one further and be like, tell me a submission finish doesn't work. Uh, and and look at Blood from a Stone, WrestleMania 13, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold, one of the greatest submission finishes of all time. And because Stone Cold didn't tap out, but still he's in a submission hold. What a hot finish to that match! So I think I think that submission finishes can be hot. You just have to build to it properly. Um, it definitely can. It can make the wrestler look weak if you, if it comes out of nowhere and they just tap out. If you haven't built up that submission finish as being a, a life ender, or if you haven't worked the match to the, to the to, to towards that, you know the thing that Bret Hart always used to do where he would you know I mean, he's going to work the joint he's going to go after if always oh, working the leg that means he's going to be going for the uh, the the uh sharpshooter right you know he's going to injure it to the point where you can't help it it's you're you're hurting so bad you have to tap out there's a lot that, a lot more that goes into it as opposed to a big explosive strike finish and then a pin right um but i think that they're completely valid uh, what are some submission hole finishes that always make you pop? Uh, Hell's Gate. Uh, we're talking about it a I little bit in the chat. I was just going to say. Uh, there's a couple of really say, big yeah. Hell's Gates. Um, uh, take Brock's, a beating edge. And then the Brock. one that I threw out there uh, in retort was uh, him taking out Lesnar with it as Lesnar's getting Lesnar's in the flipping finger. him off. And they yeah. even blurred that out on TV recaps and stuff, which is hilarious. Like People are so sensitive these days, but like you can't even flip somebody off anymore on TV. Uh, go back yeah. and watch Stone Cold matches. I and you. Taker's shoulders were down for it. And like, oh, there's all exactly. kinds of stuff at that finish. <laughs> all but kinds like, of controversy. All kinds of nuts. Uh, the one that I that, mentioned but... while I was reading it was last year, Johnny Gargano wrenching the Gargano escape and just and that, ah, and screaming oh, while he was doing it. The, all of our hearts were just going, oh, God, make it finish. The Gargano escape with the with the uh, the knee brace over Ciampa's face. Yes. Give me a break. That's a submission finish right there, son. Like that is that is how it's done, uh, and everyone in the crowd was freaking out for that. So yeah, no, I I, I disagree with Shivani. Um, I can understand why in general uh, he's not a fan of it. It's overused. I would, I'd want to. You know what? Here's the thing. I don't want to take Tony out of context here. I'd love to hear how uh, what he said in context because maybe that's kind of what he was going yeah. for. Is that it's dangerous. You have to be careful about how you do submission finishes because you can make your opponent look weak. Oscar tapping out to Charlotte at WrestleMania, I thought was terrible, not because Oscar shouldn't be tapping out, but because she tapped out so damn quickly. Immediately. Right, and that's oh. what we really had the problem with. Going back to that match, it was a great match. It was a great finish. The problem was Oscar tapped out nearly immediately, and that was the wrong decision. She should have, after all that time, all that build, she should have held it longer, and that would have had a bigger reaction from the audience. And build up that drama, or struggled out of it for once, and then you can get Whatever. her back in it later. And just sure. yeah, you know, um, yeah. I look at we just watched Shayna Baszler dominate for two years with a clutch, you know, with a sleeper yeah. hold. 
you know, and, and I've been vocal on on this show about how bored with that I was. So in right. that vein, yeah, I can kind of see what he's talking about when it's overused and it's a one trick pony kind of situation. I, I don't think it's the end-all, be-all thing. I think when used in moderation, it, you could even make an argument that Johnny, that's his go-to finisher. He uses that Gargano escape on everybody. He's trying the whole match to wear you down till he can get you in the Gargano escape. Neville, Rings of Saturn, you know, whatever, Brutalizer he calls it now. Yeah, well, now he's also, if you've noticed, he's done a, he does a great job of building up to it where like yep. he'll get you and then he'll get the other arm and he'll bring it around and just take a second and then really wrench on it. It's why Zack Sabre Jr. is known as a, such a submission specialist is he's really good at starting it, getting to a certain point, and then he'll wrench further. And frankly, his finisher, uh, Orienteering with Napalm Death, is one of the ones that pops me every time because it looks like he's tearing the guy apart. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw one back, too. Kurt Angle overused the ankle lock. That yeah. is a really fun one. Well, the problem with the ankle lock is no one ever taps out right away, and there's all kinds of easy reversals to it, and they're yeah. always you know crawling to the ropes. Yeah, the ankle lock is a it's an exciting one because of the position of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, and Will James threw out, threw out in the chat that, that with, the, with the grape, or was it Lion Drive said it? Uh, Lion, sorry, Lion Drive said uh, ankle lock with a grapevine. And I agree with that. Once you drop into the grapevine on it, then it's then sure. like I'm, yeah, that looks cool. Yeah. Anyway, yes, could go on with I those forever. Uh, I thanks. disagree, Mr. Shivani. Yes, me I too. Me too. Uh, but I will listen to that podcast. Uh, I do want to yeah. hear what he has to say there. Uh, thank sure. you, James. Uh, next up, Roberto. What's up, guys? With Ray putting over great workers like Andrade, Umberto, and Garza, do you think that they should form a stable like the LWO, but more serious? <laughs> Uh, I really hope they do a fatal four-way at Mania and let that be the start of something. Thanks. You mean like Lucha House Party? Yeah. I hope it doesn't get degraded into that. Right. Um, there is, there is obviously somebody has their eyes on Garza. With the legacy of Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, and, and uh, you know we've had some big, big figures that were Latino in the last 20 years of, of professional wrestling, specifically in WWE. And I think somebody's got their eyes on Umberto and Garza going, they could be the next one. And here's the, here's the thing. I prefer that it be like this where everyone's kind of on their own side yes. and doing their own thing. I'm really nervous about Latino stables in WWE. Lucha sure. House Party, Mexicools, it doesn't work out well. No. Uh, so th it just makes me nervous, that concept. But having a whole bunch of really talented uh, Latino wrestlers who can work a Lucha style and all are very comfortable with each other and have charisma, you've got eight dudes right now that can that are all that fall under that category. And you could put any of them in a match together and they can go out there and ball out. Yeah. Um just have them all bounce off each other. Like no need to form a stable. Nope. Um just WWE doesn't have a good history of forming stables based on nationality. Uh they just don't. I mean Latino so. Heat was about the only thing that I can think of that has actually worked. I'm dude. I'm sorry. Go back and listen to Eddie Guerrero's entrance music. Like read what, read the lyrics. Okay. It, it's painful. Is it? Okay. It's, but yeah, it straight up says like, I lied. I cheat. I steal. Cause I'm Mexican. Fair. Like it's, it's, I hear you not good. Fair. So like he got over cause it's damn Eddie Guerrero. And he's, you know, he's just, he's just, yeah, you gotta love him. But if it wasn't Eddie Guerrero, you turn around to Mexicals. They're coming out on, on lawnmowers. You know what I mean? 
So, or or Jesus Christ, what was the thing they did to? Um, they did the what park- was the name of the character? They did the parking with- lot brawl with Cena. No, 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 no. Cena I, like, ran I'm over tra- him with a lawnmower. Like, <laughs> that's yes. I was thinking. I was. I mean, at least Del Rio had a little bit of legitimacy, but I was thinking sure. more of like what they did to. Um, uh, oh dang it! I'm trying to remember what the character's name was. Uh, it was Chavo Guerrero, but like I forget what the something white. Where he like Chavo turned into like he like was wearing the sweater around his neck and he turned into like he basically wanted to be white, and so he bleached his hair. And he was wearing like the sweater around his neck. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, he changed his name to something. It was oh, it was bad, dude. It was bad. It was really really bad. Poor Chavo. Oh man, Chavo Chavo, Chavo never did get a break. Even in Lucha Underground, he was like, eh. eh. Well, but he pretty, he produced that show. Oh, he sure. was fine. Sure, he was fine. Sure, he played his role perfectly there. Anyway. Oh, okay. Thank you very Kerwin, much. Kerwin White. Thank you, Kerwin White. Kerwin, Kerwin yeah, White. Yeah, I remember. Okay. Thank uh, you. you uh, thank you, Roberto, as well. Uh, next up, Danielle, new patron. Welcome to the, oh, thank B, you, love. To the thank phenomenal you very much. ones. Thank you, Danielle. Longtime OG listener and fan, uh, part of the group. So welcome to the patronage. Awesome. Uh, why do we see moves in AEW that we don't see in WWE? For example, the Canadian Destroyer. We do see the Canadian Destroyer in WWE, actually. Rey Mysterio does it all the time. <laughs> yeah, Rey Mysterio and Andrade have been doing it. Um, yeah. uh, Adam Cole's finisher is the Panama Sunrise, which is essentially a, a second-rope drop Canadian Destroyer. Yeah. Um, Cena, Cena did it towards the end of his run. He was doing Canadian Destroyers with guys. Kevin Owens gave him one. Um, we do see it in WWE, just not as often, because they're really nervous about it. It's a dangerous move. I'm actually kind of glad we don't see it a ton. Um, it's getting spammed a little bit. Yeah, it, NXT kind of, UK, the the cruiserweight championship match. Um, Travis Banks took one from Swerve Scott. So yeah. they 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 are there. They do happen. We don't see a lot on the main roster just because a lot of guys can't do it, um, or they're just nervous about doing it, or it's not a move you want to do every week. Yeah, it was crazy to see Dustin Rhodes do it this week. Dustin Rhodes doing Canadian Destroyer. Like, good lord. But uh, but yeah, it does it does happen in WWE, but it just it's not as prevalent. Yeah, and I think it's because AEW is kind of a more indie style of wrestling over there. They tend to do those bigger moves. But we've talked about this before, Nick. Canadian Destroyer is a move that is starting to get way overused, and it's starting to be used as a transitional move. And that's one of those moves that should be, if not the end of a match, it should be like like what it was for that Dustin and Sammy Guevara match, where Dustin gives them the Canadian Destroyer. And then gives them the finishing move right afterwards, and yes. boom, it's uh, you're done. It's a one-two you're, punch. You're done. Yep, one-two punch. Like Adam some- Cole uses the the Panama Sun Sunrise and into the uh, the last shot. Like that's right. a good one-two punch. It's a setup. The guy is just yeah. so wrecked after it. You can you can just do this running knee. Um, I even liked it in the cruiserweight match I just talked about at NXT UK's last takeover, um, where it ended the sequence. Like everyone's going full speed, that Canadian destroyer happens, and everyone's like, "Cool, we're done." Like, boom, now it's done. We got to reset because we're so devastated after that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm actually glad we don't see it a lot in WWE. It's getting overused. It should be something that when it gets when it comes out, it should be like what it is in the Ray and Andrade matches where it happens. People go, "Oh my god!" And then action stops for a second. We all breathe for a second, or it's near the end of the match. So, yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of the move. I'm not a fan of the spam. I'll say that. That's what I'll say. And, I, and she's it, it talking about just a ton the, of moves. It, it, well, it, it takes away from the power of the move. The, whatever the right. move is, 
the more you have people doing it. Um, I'm we, trying to think of what what moves do they do in AEW that we don't see a lot in WWE. Pile driver. There was a pile driver this week on AEW, and that's outlawed in WWE for you know unless you're Undertaker. Historical reason. Well, there's a couple of guys who are allowed to do it. Tombstones are still allowed. Um, that's different than like a sit out pile driver. Yeah, but. You know, after what happened with Kevin Owens, oh, Kevin Owens, <laughs> Owen Hart, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, and a lot of other neck injuries, like they're scared to death of, of pile drivers because so much could go wrong so quickly with those things. They pulled one out in Money in the Bank 2011 with, well, that was a muscle buster well, that sure. took him out. It's like a package pile driver. Uh, no, it's a shoulder move. Like, oh, you're, I'm sorry, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, they. Pentagon could never do his his package pile driver in WWE is no. too scary. But um, no, I was gonna say with uh, uh, John Cena and and uh, CM Punk pulled off a pile driver in Money in the Bank 2011. But from what I understand, they went into business for themselves and did it. Um, and it was also part of the story, right? With CM Punk just yeah. doing things you weren't allowed to do because FWWE. Um, but yeah, we we almost never see a pile driver in WWE because they're outlawed. You're, yeah. You know they and actually when uh, Gabe Sapolsky took over Evolve, they put out a whole list of moves you weren't allowed to do, um, and it was a whole bunch of indie moves that a lot of times on the indies they would do, and you still see them in AEW, but WWE doesn't allow them. So if if you want to know why you don't see them, it's probably because WWE says eh, you can't do that move. When when you've got the legacy uh, of the neck injuries that you have in WWE, it makes sense why you would outlaw that stuff. Um, so many guys have gone out because of it. Uh, we're seeing them come back, which is amazing. Um, but I, I understand. You know, I understand. Uh, thank you very much, Danielle. Next up, also new patron, I'm going to Jardy, Jardy Day Wanamaker. I hope I didn't butcher that. Jardy Day Wanamaker. Yard, I, I believe it's Yardy. But Yard, it Yardy, wrong. okay. Please let us yeah. know how to pronounce we that. We apologize properly. for butchering yeah. your name. Please tell us how to say it right. We'll do it right from now on. Instead of Cardi B, I'm going to call you Jardy D. How no. Oh, Nick, you're fired. I'm, I'm you're sorry, fired. fired. Jardy D. Yardy. Yardy D. We're sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, for my co-host here. I apologize profusely. Nick, stop. It's it. all in good fun. Hello, guys. Oh, First God. of all, thanks for being amazing and making my day when there is a new episode. I recently went to a local wrestling show and really had an awesome time. So my question is, what are your best memories of a local wrestling show? Where I would love to know what show you went to there. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, like, was there anyone there? Like, what? Yeah, tell us about that show uh, over in Facebook discussion group. Mm -hmm. uh, favorite memory of a local wrestling show? Why don't you go first on this, Nick? I'm going to try and marinate for a second. Um, seeing Ricochet win Battle of Los Angeles. and That's get, hard to top. That's it, hard it's to top. really going to be hard to top that. And, you know, the drinking beer out of pitchers, hangman pa Adam Page style. Uh, and then... Yeah, how'd that work out Yakking for you, outside and coming back <laughs> in and still getting the bumper that you guys... Ladies and gentlemen, this is the... Yeah. <laughs> he cut that sitting right next to me. Uh, literally smelling like beer and vomit and sweat because it was That's 150 so degrees in that place. And he had just won Battle of L.A. And here comes this redneck-looking dude with an ugly beard that was still new, and he still cut that amazing promo for us that we played for the last two years here on the show. So it, it's I'm going to be hard-pressed to, to beat that one. Such a sweetheart of a guy. Yeah. Man. Such a sweetheart. What a wonderful guy. Um. Yeah, I was there for that too. That was a sweat box. That was out in uh, Encino, man. That was back in the old uh, 
The old yeah, PWT. The American Gold. Legion in Reseda. Oh my lord! <laughs> oh my lord! That place was hot. Um, I got. I was hanging, barely I was get hundred people. I was in over there. talking to Dave Meltzer. You were talking to Ricochet. I was talking to Dave Meltzer. Right. And I just, I you know, they get, we got a picture of me and Meltzer. I look like a wet cat. I'm just. <laughs> it's all bedraggled. <laughs> it's. I look horrible. So I've never posted that picture. It just look horrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, I remember of an indie show. I mean, yeah, we got so many good ones from PWG being up in the box seats at the at the new place. Um. Seeing seeing Ray in a little tiny show was really cool. It was like a little nothing show down in uh, down in Torrance, and it was like fifty people, and it was crazy. And Ray Mysterio was there. Uh, I'm also going to give awesome. a nod to uh, was it Pentagon and Cobb that had a match when we went to see Lucha Underground taping that they got thrown into us. Well, I, yeah, they, they, they bowled us over. Well, I was going to say if you want to talk Lucha Underground, um, actually, if you watch the very last episode of Lucha Underground season two. You'll see me in the crowd right behind uh, Vampiro, and that was the one where Pentagon came out of the crowd and nearly knocked me off my feet and went right for Vampiro and bladed him <laughs> and got Vampiro's blood on me and my buddy Andy, who was there as well. Uh, so, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun one, too. That's a fun memory. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I always talk shit about it. But I can never forget my XP my XPW experience. Like it, absolutely one of the worst shows I've ever been to. Um, but it really sticks in my mind because it was just so bad. Yeah, it was just so <laughs> insane. But you know, I was I was young, hadn't been to a whole lot of indie shows, and I was looking around like going, "What the hell is going on? This is insane! They're hitting each other with light tubes. There's a chunk of light tube flying out into the crowd and hitting people." Like shards of glass hitting the crowd, it was absolutely a crap show. This is it was Sandman at like his lowest point of his life, <laughs> <laughs> like out there drinking beer off of some stripper's chest. Like it was New Jack. New Jack was jumping off of stuff. Like it was epic in its awfulness. Uh, so I have it has a soft spot in my heart, even though it's one of the worst shows I've ever been to. Sandman lighting up cigarettes and handing it to the ref and saying, "Here, hold this for me for a minute," and then kills the dude and then comes back and gets his cigarette. <laughs> Just that stuff uh, like that you're never gonna see on televised things, and yeah. those kinds of experiences you'll you'll never forget. Um, well, I was gonna say something else, but I couldn't remember what it was. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, oh well. I, I can't I'll help you. I it. can't help you, my friend. Okay. Uh, just one more little shout out. Thank you for the question, uh, Yardy. Uh, also from Belgium, coming in from Europe, Yardy de Wanamaker. Thank you very That's much awesome. for uh, for being a patron and coming Seriously, in from man. the other side Thank of the globe. Thank you. And yes, and please tell what was that indie show you went to out there? Was it in Belgium? If so, who wrestled in it? Would love to know. Uh, Planning on going on a little European trip sometime. Going to going to Ireland later this year. Definitely want to check out some Irish wrestling. Oh, are you? Uh, oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to get to Europe in the next couple of years and definitely want to check out some stuff over there, too. Absolutely. So please let me know. I hate that I went all the way to London and didn't get a chance to go check out uh, you know, some of the NXT UK tapings or anything like that over there. Like Orlando is about know, six actual, hours. Or, you know, actual British indie wrestling, Nick. Sure. Which well, should sure. be looking. Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Yardy. Uh, next up, also across the pond from the UK, Mr. Martin Welch. How are you, sir? Yeah. I hope your shoulder heals nice and quick, Nick. Thank you. Uh, do you think that romance angles have a place in this day and age? Will we ever see a gay-slash-lesbian storyline that is done right? Uh, do romance angles have a place? 
Yes, look at the Otis Mandy one. They're nailing it. Yep. Will we ever see a gay and lesbian storyline that's done right? I want to hope so. Yeah. I be- actually believe that they will. I think that they're actually getting closer and closer to it. Um, I feel like they almost got it right. And and hear me out. Hear me out. They almost got it right with uh, with Lana and Liv. Yeah. You know why? They didn't really push that it was a lesbian thing. It was just like, yes, we had a relationship and left it at that. There was no like weird cackling from King about it. There was no like, oh, two chicks or anything like that. It just was a matter of fact thing. It was, they were a bit surprised. Like, wait, Liv also had a, had a, a affair with Lana, but it was more about the fact that they had an affair or that they were lovers at one point and now Liv was coming out than the fact that them being lovers was the strange thing. Right. Do I feel like that was a well-handled storyline overall? No. But the f- <laughs> but no. the fact that they didn't make a big deal about it being a same-sex relationship was I thought very promising. Yeah. So that to me is like, well, maybe they could cuz the whole point, the whole point and this is the same thing we say about the the women's division. What I we said was so positive about uh about Becky and and Shayna this last Monday was this could have been anybody's feud, men or women. The, the gender didn't matter. Um, it wasn't a mean girls thing. It wasn't about female bullying, who's fat, who's not. It was just a feud. Yeah. And if they do a romance angle the same way, if you took the, the, the current Otis and Mandy storyline and you plugged in Sonia Deville in the Otis part or whoever, it doesn't matter. Plug anybody into Nikki Cross. Into that into that Otis role, but everything else is exactly the same. Yeah, then you've done it right. Could they at some point do that? Yes. All they have to do is realize that's all you have to do is write it as though it was like any other way. It doesn't have to be female female. Like you know, it could be it could be male male. I think that there's going to be a bit more of an uphill battle towards a male male storyline, uh, given WWE's audience. You know what I mean? I think yeah. the way in would be through. Uh, a female female storyline. The one that comes to my mind is it got teased last year. We had those couple of moments between Sonya Deville and Mandy where they would like touch each other's face, or yeah. the other one's hair. Well, they were and they were going. Like, for they it. were kind of were... going there, and then it went nowhere. And I think one of the things that we were upset about is that that was what we thought might be the groundbreaking, you know, relationship where they were showing some inclusivity with LGBT, and you know. Oh my goodness! We've actually got uh, a, a lesbian wrestler in our ranks on the roster that could actually do this properly and know how to to make this come across and be inclusive to that side of the audience. And but no, we had, and I think that was the frustration with the Live and Lana thing more so than I, I hear you on the positive points. Yeah, but I I remember distinctly being frustrated for Sonya Deville, for Daria, when that actually happened. That was my first thought when that when and Liv came it, out was, yeah. oh, no. It seemed on Twitter that she was frustrated, like rolled her eyes a little bit, not like genuinely angry, but she was like, oh, for crying out loud. You know, it was done as a stunt and not as like an actual serious thing. Mm. Um, that being said, you know, it sounded like Martin was, was just saying this. She's been trying to sell that angle to to creative for some time. But she wants it done right. Sure. You know what I mean? She wants it done right, not as a not as a gimmick. All right. So uh, I get, but Martin's asking in general, and, and we're kind of focusing on WWE because I think that they are the ones that um, I'm most worried about doing it. I feel like 
they could pull it off in AEW pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and I don't know where yet. I mean, best friends are kind of um, they're they're not really. I, no, I don't think going for that at the all. They're I, going for a different thing altogether. So I think we've had some milestones in recent years. Uh, we've had Sunny Kiss, who has, has yes. been successful in that, right, in bringing some of that forward. Nyla as champ is a huge Nyla step forward. Nyla being trans and champ is a big, big step in the right direction uh, yep. for, for bringing part of that. Um, there was one other one that I was thinking of that I that I'm having that I'm struggling to. Okay, yeah, those were the, these are the ones that I'm thinking of that we've we're making strides in the right direction. And yeah. is it too soon to do an, a, a relationship or a love angle? Maybe. But that doesn't. I don't want to discard the fact that we're making progress. We're going. They have to be careful. Yeah, right. they have to be careful because too many people are going to get sent back to the image of Chuck and Billy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which you remember that? Yep. Which was just woof. Um. So yeah, could it could it happen? Will it happen? Yes, I truly believe at some point some major company is going to nail, and not just on the indies. Some major company is going to nail a, a gay or lesbian storyline and do it properly. Yeah. Do a proper LGBTQ storyline. So I, I believe that will happen, but it's going to be, I feel it's going to be like the woman's evolution or revolution where WWE will tokenize it uh, or try to make a big deal out of it and they'll screw it up at first and then maybe get to it and do it right further down the road. I don't know if they're going to do it right the first time. When Finn started coming out and when he was super face, uh, he started coming out with the rainbow Balor club for everyone. I thought we were might be going yeah, in that people, direction with Finn a little people bit. Been, people have been wondering, is he or isn't he, about Finn for a long time. Then he goes and gets married. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. All right, got yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Martin. I don't think it's if, it's when uh, is, is, yep. the, is the right way to do that one. Uh, and it I absolutely, hope so. hopefully they do a lot of care and feeding and make sure it's done right. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, Brian uh, asks, can Nick come up? Oh, God. I, I hadn't read these in advance for the record, guys. I'm reading these oh. as we go. Can Nick come up with his fantasy booking while still high after his surgery? Well, there's you good notice, news and bad news. You won't news. notice any difference. It'll be just the same. <laughs> there's good news and bad news. Uh, the, the good or bad, depending on your perspective, is it's 98% done. So we're mostly already Aww. done. I'm putting, putting polishing little points on it. I've been so go back and edit it. I've go been stalled a little them. bit, but yeah. if something comes to me... While I, I will, I, I am open to make notes over the next uh, week or two of recovery before we get that out to you guys. I, I know we're late. The other one was late too, and I know it's because it, Nick takes forever to do this. It's like he puts a lot of work into this. Th guys. There's a lot of work that goes in. I take this very seriously. As much as everybody jokes about it, and we all make, <laughs> I, I do, do want to make it fun. That's and what makes it so funny. That's and I also so want to make sure that I absolutely torture Surrey and Dangerous as much as humanly possible with all of oh, this. Oh, that's going to happen. That's not even a question. So if something is just blah, I'm, I'm, I'm amping it up to eleven just to make sure that he rolls his eyes oh, for so Christ hard. Sake. That he falls out of his chair. So stay tuned. It will get delivered very soon. Uh, in all seriousness, hope it all goes well on Tuesday and you have a full and speed recovery. Thank you, sir. Uh, all you guys well wishes, man. It's Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, if Marty Skrull's help with the Ring of Honor booking helps turn everything around, what do you think that his value would be uh, come the time he's a free agent again? Like, is ballpark figure. I mean, are we looking at this as an opportunity for... Marty Skrull to transition out of the performer ranks and into uh, a producer, a booker, well, let's a look Kato at, let's look at kind of role? Way. 
if he had gone straight over to AEW with everybody else, um, he probably would have gotten a pretty good role over there. Sure. But uh, this is definitely making him much more of an asset to any company that has him. He's going to now have booking experience. He's going to have um, the experience of working with other companies trying to create crossover events because that's Ring of Honor is apparently very open to that, and they've already set up a bunch of them. Um, what his What is his value going to be? Man, it could be... It depends on what kind of contract he signs. His value right now might, I mean, from what I understand, um, Ring of Honor paid him more than what NXT pays its top talent. Um, so you're talking about high six figures yeah, a year to do a fraction of the dates, like 40 dates. Well, That's insane. For... Put this in perspective, within the scope of two weeks, I saw Marty Skrull in a New Japan ring, on Ring of Honor, and on NWA Power. Right. Keep in mind that he's getting paid for NWA Power and New Japan separately. I understand that. So he's also monetizing those. So he's right. already he's got his paycheck, his massive paycheck over on the one side from Ring of Honor. In addition, he's getting money from New Japan and uh and and NWA yeah I don't think I don't I don't think NWA is probably paying anybody that much I mean for crying out loud their women's champ is gonna have to sell her merch to get to pay for a hit and run that's not a on good her car uh but that doesn't surprise me they're not exactly they're they're on YouTube for free for crying out loud so um as far as what his worth's gonna be to a, a company when he goes there like he's gonna be able to command either a whole bunch of money or he's gonna have a whole lot of access so you know, if you're looking at the fact that all his other buddies uh, from when they were all in Bullet Club together are, you know, the CEO, the CFO, um, the, 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 I don't know, like producers, executive vice presidents, executive vice presidents, AEW. exactly. Yeah. Thank you. You know, they, like that's all he's making it so that when he goes there, he's going to be at that level or higher. So that, you know, he's going to be worth a few million dollars a year. What did Cody uh, and the Bucks... If he does ever go there. What did Cody and the Bucks do before they started AEW? They spent, a, they spent a year going around the various promotions their in value. the indie circuit, raising their value, so that when they came out and said, we're going to start a company, everybody went, oh, shit. Yeah. I think Marty's doing and, something similar to raise and his also, value. And also... Like to call him a free agent, he kind of is a free agent now. Like, yeah, he's got a Ring of Honor contract, but we don't know how long it's for. It could have been a six month, a year, like X number of he's dates, out, you know. And and as you said, Nick, he's out there in NWA New Japan. Like he's still doing other stuff. Like he just is not with he's not with AEW WWE. Aside from that, the dude can kind of do what he wants. Yeah. And he was so, open and, and vocal about that at New Japan, cutting that promo at New Beginnings that I went to. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think his value by the time he's a free agent, it's what he has right now, which if we want to estimate ballpark over a million bucks a year. Oh, easy. easy. Easily. Very, very good. I'm very excited for 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 the villain for the see what he can come up with. I'm loving his new look with the the fur coats and the scarf and the 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 umbrella and just, you know, the well, uh, dude got paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, he got some money. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Brian, and I uh, hope you hope to see you go back up for your title and get it back at WrestleMania against the current sure. champ, Mr. Chris White. Uh, next up, Kyle asks, uh, new patron, Kyle Cotton, thank you very much. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. welcome. 
Ask uh, Asuka and Kyrie are basically the second most over women's act on the main roster at the moment in a division that is absolutely barren from now through Mania. How would you build up that division? I'm assuming he means the women's tag division specifically. Ah, uh, okay. Then yes. Uh, how would you build up that division so that the work Asuka and Kyrie put in to make those belts mean something doesn't go to waste? including what team combination you would add and who if you take the belts off them at Mania and the story around it. Well, so one thing, I hope he's not talking about the women's division because I think there's a lot going on in the women's division and it's far from barren. But if no, he's talking about the women's tag division, yeah. then yeah. But if that's the case, I don't know how they're the second most over because who's more over than Asuka and Kyrie in that division? The only ones I can think, maybe Alexa and Nikki. Yeah, uh, would be maybe. the only ones that would be up there, um, but yeah, it's barren because it's it's the it's those two teams, and then what the Iconics, like who else is there? That's I, it. I, I I could see the Iconics making a return here in the next few weeks and being a facey kind of team return and getting over with the crowd in that way and then going and challenging for the tag. Absolutely belts. could. Uh, that's Absolutely that's the could. only out I see. If you're going to continue to have Oscar chase Becky Lynch in this way then I think you do need to take those belts off of them and put them on the Iconics. And maybe they feud for him. It gives Kyrie something to do as well. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. But what's beyond Becky Lynch for Asuka, I think they need to keep Asuka they're and Kyrie done. together. Yeah, no, they're, I think Asuka and, and Becky are done. Okay. Uh, then, Becky, Becky had her statement win on, on Asuka this last Monday. So now it's time to turn the ship around and Shana. go towards those, those tag titles uh, with Asuka and Kyrie. So now it's back to Asuka and Kyrie tag titles. I think the Iconics are going to re-debut. I think, like you said, they're going to come out as faces, yep. get, them, get them over with the crowd. I love the Iconics. Yep. I love them as, as, as just annoying heels. I thought they were hilarious. I would love to see what they do with them as faces. Yep. I think they can get over as faces. I just hope they do them right because that would be something they could build up to WrestleMania and actually have a good feud. Yep. I hope they can pull that off. Um, so that this doesn't that the division, as they said, as he says, doesn't go to waste. Yeah. Um, because again, it's it's Oscar and Kyrie. They're really good. So, yeah, fingers crossed that 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 that's how it works out. If not, we're stuck with Alexa and Nikki. And uh, except that Alexa, that's it. Except except that Alexa, Alexa and Nikki are over on SmackDown. I, I you know if if Carmella or Nikki can't get it done and they keep the title on Bailey, I could see Carmella and uh, Naomi. Oh, sorry, yeah. if Carmella and Naomi can't get it done against Bailey and they keep it on Bailey, um, I could see Carmella and Naomi potentially teaming up as a tag team. Man, going don't after you those. put don't you put that evil out Listen, there? Listen, you know I you know me. I'm not a fan of pairing singles wrestlers together, but it, it yeah, you just did it. I just did it because I it. I think that could work. I think that could work. So I and give oh, them no, a okay, name, so give them an entrance. He's you clarifying know. in the chat, and that is that uh, it, uh, there's Becky, and then there's Oscar and Kyrie. Um, I yeah, Charlotte is I think up there as well. Um, and I think that Bailey's Bailey got better this week, but she's definitely not on the same level as as Oscar and Kyrie. Oh, line um, drive! I didn't I didn't put two and two together. Yeah, yeah. That, that was Kyle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> two plus two. I get it now. All right. Hi. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey, Kyle. <laughs> 33 and a third percent chance. Sacrifice. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think that there is, it's totally barren. I think that they've definitely got some other stuff going on in the women's division, but there needs to be more work done. 
Bring the iconics um, back. You can tread water till mania, and but we need a plan afterwards. Alexa, kind of Alexa is still a pretty big. She like she gets good reactions. Sure. Um, and her and Nikki still get good reactions. I think there's more story to be told there, and they could build them up. But again, they're on the wrong brand for that. Yeah. So. Does that matter yeah. though when you're talking when you only have one women's tag division tag titles? They were supposed to defend it across all brands. Right. That was you know? the promise. That was the promise. What but women's, no tag women's tag teams, teams do we have in NXT? You don't. You just have a ton of women. Right. And they got to put some tag teams together. You, you, have, you have you have bad bougie. That's not really, you know, Aaliyah's out with her nose job, oh, whatever yeah. it is. So, yeah. Armenian Carmella. Come on, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that to answer the, the question clearly, get bring Iconics back, build them up. Uh, to be faces. I think they could have a big, strong comeback. Um, and then I think that those four women would work well together and create a meaningful feud to go to WrestleMania. Yeah. What happens after WrestleMania, I don't know, because he said it right. There ain't nothing else really going on. Um, but you, got, you got three months, uh, two some months. Get to-, to WrestleMania, shake up the brands, and then we'll see where we're at. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Thank you very much, Kyle. Really good question. Uh, I'm I'm personal. I really like the women's tag division. I like the idea of it. I want it to be more than it is, and I think we all have from the outset. Um, you know, as long as they kept it on Bailey and Sasha, I, I think that we ha- all had skeptically optimistic hopes that it, it had would a legitimacy. Yeah. And then when they gave it to the Iconics, it really put me over the moon about it because I was like, "Oh wow!" But then they did they did nothing with it. Then they did it dirty. <laughs> Uh, next up, Billy asked, uh, we talked on the last episode a bit about TNA and Impact. Just curious of your guys' thoughts on some of their innovations and, well, blatant ripoffs. Things like Ultimate X matches, uh, six-sided rings, ramps, level with the ring, feast or fired match, king of the mountain match, anything else you can think of. While some was innovative and some were ripoffs, I feel they did enough to stand out and do something special. Heck, they even helped New Japan in their dark days. It's always great to talk to you. Speed helped, recovery. Help New yeah, Japan. Helped. They brought over Okada and made him a joke. Yeah. It was one of the biggest travesties ever. I mean, helped in the sense that, yeah, New Japan was having a rough time, but oh, they New Japan's never forgiven TNA Impact for that stuff, man. Yeah. Woof. Happy to be on this wild journey that is wrestling with such a great group. Thank you, Billy. Um, mm. So the question yes, is, indeed. Uh, what are our thoughts on some of their innovations and or blatant ripoffs? I think the six-sided oh. ring was uh, it was cute. Was a it was, was an it was interesting, interesting concept. It's something to be excited about. Like, how do we take the UFC MMA octagon kind of concept and bring it to professional wrestling? Right. Uh, you know, you can talk to AJ Styles and other guys that were there in the early days, and they were optim- like AJ Styles on a table for three with Kurt Angle and I believe Samoa Joe talking about how they were optimistic about. Um, the six-sided ring in the early days. So I, I, well, yeah, a lot of exciting possibilities you could do with that. And I've seen some, some of the matches were really fun with that. Yeah. So that was, I thought that was an interesting innovation, um, that could have worked better, but I thought that overall they did a really good job with what they had with it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like a lot of, some of their matches were straight ripoffs, you know, like monsters ball matches were really fun, but essentially it was a hardcore match. Yeah. Um, with a couple extra stipulations thrown in, um, I love the Ultimate X matches though. Like, or the uh, 
well, what, what do they call it? Like the scaffold, not the scaffolding match, but you had like the, the belt hung way above the ring and you had to like climb across the scaffolds to get to it. Like that was nuts. And there were some crazy stunts they did with that. Um, and I tend to, I tended to like those. Yeah. Um, I also like when the, the ramp is level with the ring. Uh, that's, that's, you know, you know, that you see a lot of promotions that do that from time to time. AEW's doing the, that now. From time to time they do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, t- I, I think that that turns out, uh, that can that can lend to some fun stuff, unless you know you're Chris Daniels and you try to do a move over over the rope or Titus O'Neil running okay. down the ramp. Yeah, that doesn't work out so well. Um, I think if there's one match that that they should never ever do again, um, what do they call it? It's a fisherman's match, fish market, Shark Boy, uh, and um, was it? The, the Dudley Boy, sorry, three Team 3D at that point versus Shark Boy and somebody else. I forget who he was with, but they had like fishing poles. And they were like, <laughs> it's like, um, that sounds awful. Yeah. To, to full disclosure, I didn't watch a lot of TV. Like I was barely on, watching on WWE during the, the aughts. I had a lot of stuff going on as we moving to LA for the first time, all that stuff. So I, yeah, I, I've gone back and watched a lot of the highlights. Of stuff over the years, but I was not a religious watcher. No, you weren't a teenager. Days. No, <laughs> I, I no. liked the idea of the six-sided ring for the innovation that it—the idea of bringing like, something like that to just to change the script up a little bit. What new could we do by introducing something like that? Right. Yeah, and that's the thing is like they—they definitely felt like they were trying hard to come up with new matches, like yeah. the King of the Mountain match. I was, that's a cool idea. There, oh, what was the what was the one where? It's you had to get in the ring and then get tossed out of the ring. Like it started outside of the ring, and then you had to get in the ring and then get tossed out. Like yeah, I try, I try to remember how exactly the, the the rules were. So they had like a huge long list of the, how the rules were supposed to go in this match. As a thing is, at a certain point, uh, it felt like they were trying too hard to create gimmick matches. Yeah, it just got it got too extreme. Something as simple as you know. A, a, a big dome cage or like the scaffold match where there's like the, the you know the, the big bars and the, the titles hanging from way the hell up there that's just simple um you don't have to go too crazy with it but they they did go really really crazy sometimes yeah they did so well thank you very much oh i lost my spot <laughs> yeah the, uh, no, uh, yeah reverse battle royale exactly reverse ba- battle royale reverse rumble yeah. <laughs> insane <laughs> Thank you very much, Billy. Good question. Uh, stuff to think about for sure. Uh, with a lot of inspiration came from some of the early TNA days uh, that we're seeing still today. Uh, next up, Patrick asked, don't know if I have time for another one, but are, are guys as tickled with Pete Dunne and Matt Real as I am? Yes. Yeah, I'm tickled. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I definitely was, was like, oh, I don't want these guys to be comedy guys at first, and now I'm like, nope, they're too good. I'm loving it too much. Too much fun. Yeah. Loving it. Yeah, Loving it. Thank you, Patrick. Next up, Marshall, and finally, Marshall asks, uh, can we get a prediction on the state of tag team wrestling in WWE? At times, I feel like it's heading in the right direction, and then it hits a brick wall. Yep. Will we ever see relevance in tag team wrestling in WWE? Thanks for everything, and prayers for you, Nick, for the surgery. Thank you, Marshall. In, in NXT, maybe, but in, even NXT's got like no tag teams I, right now. Raw's doing okay. Really? You know? You're happy with, with Seth and, and Murphy being the tag champs? No! But I, there's hope there. <laughs> AOP's there. Yeah. War Machine's there. If, if, listen, 
If we don't end up with War Machine versus AOP at WrestleMania for the Raw Tag Championships, we effing riot. It is. It's <laughs> right there in front of you on a silver platter. Seriously. Oh, man. You're going to die on that hill? Oh, Nick. Oh. <laughs> I wanted my hashtag wrestling. It, it, it's right there. Like, we can I, bitch about I the women's Smackdown, tag division all Smackdown's- day. SmackDown this week was killing me. This week killed me. What like what are you doing? Just an absolute big old middle finger to the tag division this week. Um, overall, the you know until Vince gives up some creative control, the tag teams are never going to get their due. He's just not a fan of tag team wrestling, and it shows. Yep, it absolutely shows. He doesn't respect the the idea of having a whole separate tag division. At, and the problem is, even in New Japan, I feel like Gato sometimes doesn't really give it its due either. No. He's not even uh, really using it to build story recently either. It's just, it's been like Legends farewells and, dude, you know, you, can we have some dojo it, guys maybe do an exhibition match? We haven't talked about the New Japan tag division, but I mean, it, the fact that you're not losing your mind about the fact that the chance that you had Juice Robinson and, and, um, uh, David Finley win it at Wrestle Kingdom in a total shock upset. Yeah. Two singles guys. I'm pretty sure I Realist did. Destiny. And you lost your mind. And then on a random North American tour leg, Gorillas of Destiny win it back. And yeah. now they have to go face Tanahashi and Ibushi, who have randomly tag teamed up. Like, That's horseshit. <laughs> yeah, two of the, the top place- singles wrestlers in the world. Yeah. And you're gonna put them in a tag team to go face Girls of Destiny from Bullet Club. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 rough all over for tag teams. It's rough all over. I'm There's not a single major organization. No, look at this. All right. There's not a single major organization. AEW, NXT, main roster WWE, New Japan. They all have singles wrestlers as tag teams at the top of their tag team divisions, and the rest of their divisions are in shambles. Every single one. They have a ton of tag teams over in AEW, but it's a big jumble of mediocrity and then like one or two big tag teams at the top. Even in AEW, the Bucks are non-existent over there as a, as a, as a force, as a tag team. That's the Bucks in their own company. It's madness right now. Just across the, across the entire landscape of major professional wrestling. It's, I'm it's even trying to think. I'm trying to think. Me, the, it's scary for me to say the Raw Tag Division. I think has the most potential right now. I, I really think that AEW, obviously, right? They've got so many legit good tag teams over there. I'll, I'll even throw a nod at the Hybrid too. You know, you get down into those ranks, and those okay. are some amazing tag teams. So Impact is doing all right. They've got the North as champions right now. LAX. Uh, Gave it up to them. They lost. They, LA, they beat LAX, and then LAX went over to um, to to AEW. But there's yeah. a lot of other good tag teams uh, currently in Impact. They, they they they've been feuding with. Although they have thrown together some guys to face him. But uh, I mean, Rich Swan and the Mac is a good. They had a great match with the North at the last pay per view. Um, Whatever. Oh no, Rich Swan was injured. When was the last time that? Anyway, they've had good matches. But uh, okay, Impact is doing all right. Not great. They're all right. But uh, all the other ones are rough. <laughs> yeah, I so. like AEW's tag division. I like Raw's tag division. Right. I, I like the potential. Let me be clear about that. I like the potential of Raw's tag division. They're on the precipice of being of it being something really good, which I could not. And the reason I'm so high on that is because 
just because you a think year your, ago your, your book is going to happen. It, no, 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 no. Not even like no, not even that. Uh, genuinely, like a year ago, okay. we were just like WTF. Like, what are they even doing with the Raw Tag Division? And now we're looking at it going. I am there's at least. Potential I'm here. going. There's there's potential there. There you've got War Machine and AOP has finally debuted or re-debuted, whatever you want to call it. So what else is there on Raw? What other tag teams aside from? That's what I'm looking those at right two. now. Okay. <laughs> but instead of strapping one of them, they gave it to Seth and street, Murphy. Street Street Profits. Yeah, not anytime soon. Okay. But I, I'm just saying yes, they exist. Like we had, Absolutely. I'm talking about depth of depth of the division. Sure. With of actual tag teams. So SmackDown probably has more tag teams, but th- they're even worse. No, they don't. Raw has more. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, I'm just talking out of my ass today. I have no idea what I'm saying. No, I, me too on this one. <laughs> I can't remember the top of my head like how many tag teams each division has. I feel like Raw has more, so I don't have I don't have the roster in front of me right now. Well, guys, thank you very much for all of your questions. As always, there are a lot today. You guys came through and delivered big, big show. Hope you guys enjoyed oh, all right. of this. Head over to bwopodcast.com to find. Call. Say again. Sorry, I was, just, I was noting Will actually put a good one. He's, uh, he's listing all the Impact tag teams. OVE, the Rascals, Reno Scum. He's exactly. Uh, Impact's doing real great on tag teams. Briscoes, Sorry, go ahead. Briscoe's out there as well. Uh, anyway. Ring of Honor, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, guys, BWOPodcast.com. You can find all the links to all of our stuff over there. Absolutely make sure you're following everything we do. I'm, I'm actually getting a little bit of a tickle to start doing some Instagram stories and posts and Ooh, things like that. Ooh, a tickle. Oh, a yeah. tickle. <sighs> Uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, I, I might document the shoulder surgery journey. I might show you guys around the studio a little bit more, a little more behind the scenes stuff. I want to want to give you guys some some access, and we'll see uh, see what we can do more in that area. And I'm thinking about using Instagram for that. So to be determined. To be determined. Right. We're working on some of that stuff. Uh, but bwopodcast.com, you can find all our links of all our stuff there. Make sure you're in the Facebook discussion group. Make sure you're in our Discord. And make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at bwopodcast. Subscribe to us here on youtube.com slash open. Jingle the bell. Make sure you get those notifications. And if you guys would like to get your questions in every single Saturday for the patron mailbag, patreon.com slash bwo. All you got to be in is that $5 tier to be able to get your questions in, as well get copies of the show notes but hey at the ten dollar tier at the value tier you can get access to bonus episodes as well like the aforementioned upcoming nick booking 2.0 and if you just a new patron this month make sure you go back and listen to version one because 2.0 will not make any sense to you unless you listen to the first one you, you gotta watch the first the first one before you listen to or listen i should say this time we're going to be watching sir ian dangerous writhe in agony as he listens to Nick booking 2.0 as we build our way to the main event of WrestleMania. You guys are not ready for this, I promise no, you. No, we're really, really not. Oh, my We're goodness. really not. I am so not ready for this. But, guys, my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But, by God, somebody stop the damn match. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.